Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 134 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode. We have just a few more episodes. We've got this one, I've got two more next week, and then I'm out. I am taking a break for December because I am tired putting out two episodes a week for how many months? I don't know. And also, I've got some, I need some time to prep for season six that will launch in January 2018. And I've already got some amazing guests. Super, super excited. Maybe even some famous people. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, super excited for that. So I'm going to use December to prep for next season, take a little bit of a breather, work on some cool projects to share with y'all. But in the meantime, I still have some episodes for you. And this one is with Jesse Jernigan. He is from Live Goldrich. Dot com and uh, he has a really interesting story. I mean, not many people can say that they're, you know, when you're like, oh, wh- you know, where did you start from? He's like, I used to be a hypnotist. I used to be a traveling entertainer. So that is like the start of his story. Very unique, uh, awesome, cool guy. Now he's a, a copywriter uh, living uh, a life that he, on his terms, is a freelancer, um, owning his own business and uh, being paid his worth. So we talk a lot about all of those things. Uh, and another thing that we also talk about is he is a uh, summit, an online summit uh, coming up very like now, I think. Um, so if you just want to go to like jessicamorris.com slash freelancer success summit, that will direct you right to the landing page. Uh, you know, and like, you know, most virtual summits, it is free to watch all of the interviews with his guests uh, as they happen live. So you just have to um, sign up for your free ticket and then you get access to that. But if you want to uh, watch it after the fact, uh, while it's all done, they just have to purchase a ticket, but uh, a lot of cool things in there. I may also be part of the summit as one of his guests. We talk about, uh, it was actually really cool. He wanted to have me on the show or on the summit rather, uh, because he wanted to talk to someone who uh, had just kind of completed their first year of self-employment to really get kind of that perspective of someone who just, who's in it, who's just done it. And from that kind of um, newbie perspective. So it's a, a really cool, cool um, interview that I got to do with him for the summit. But anyways, before I get to the interview with Jesse, uh, just a few words I want to share about this uh, episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Credit Card Genius, the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. Visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, that's creditcardgenius.ca. Thank you, Jesse, for joining me on the Momony Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so cool to be here. I know. Uh, you've got a lot of exciting things going on, which we'll, we will talk about uh, later on. Um, but how did we even get in touch? I think you got in touch with me, and uh, I just liked your vibe right away. So uh, I would love to learn a little bit more about you, uh, because you are kind of a powerhouse. You're doing a ton of stuff. You're all about the hustle, yeah. which I love. Uh, you're a very kind of inspirational motivational person because you're you're doing it all and that's kind of what your whole thing uh with uh living gold rich is all about mm-hmm. live gold rich so, live gold rich. yeah that, that's good it sounds better when you say it like that living. it sounds less scammy because <laughs> so, it's not a scam <laughs> it's not. It's, i mean actually if you knew how much hard work you have to do every day to like actually like be a success you'd be like that's even worse than a scam yeah i know right <laughs> if they 
only knew how much we actually had to work and learn every day, people would be like, that's not. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, I swear, when I come, you know, across someone who's like, oh, you work for yourself, you're an entrepreneur, like, that sounds fun. I'm like, uh, I mean, like, sometimes, but like, it's actually like a lot of freaking work. Like, I'm always working, kind of. Or you always have to be linked to your phone to check your emails because there could be an opportunity that you don't want to miss. So, so I would love to know how the heck did you get into this crazy world of entrepreneurship okay. yourself? So, it's, it's really wild. I am a serial entrepreneur turned online guy by uh, another online person called Ramit Sati. Do you know who Ramit is? Uh, yeah, I do. Everyone, you know, <laughs> everybody. I know everybody knows that. Everybody. It's like, you're a copywriter. Everybody knows who Joanna Weeb is. So it's not yeah. like it's a big mystery. Yeah. But I was a full-time comedy stage hypnotist and magician. Since Excuse me? Get out of town. If you look up on YouTube, you can see hundreds of videos of me performing all over the world on cruise ships, corporate events, colleges, high schools, fundraisers. So you actually know how to hypnotize people? Yeah. And you can it's see a real thing? It works? Yeah. It's hilarious, too. Get you can out. see hundreds of hours of me performing online, too. Oh my God, I'm going to check that out right away. That is amazing. And I can't believe I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I've always had some type of business. When I was in college, I started a music magazine with a couple of my friends that we actually made into real business that we sold. I started a bar with a friend that I sold. I am currently behind me. You can see I'm actually in a coin and gold shop that I own with my father and I sold that. So December 1st, I'll officially be out of that as well. I've moved completely online. Wow. So, and I've, and I've done a lot of other things too. That's kind of just like the start, but in the way I was able to go from having real jobs and being in the real world, brick and mortar even, to yeah. full-time online, I bought a course by Ramit Sethi called ZTL, Zero to Launch. And uh-huh. I had this idea like, oh my God, I'm going to sell information online. And I immediately found out that I was not ready for it. And so I took everything in the course and became a copywriter. And mm-hmm. in 14 months, I've replaced a six-figure income entirely working online. Wow. And so That's little, really quick. <laughs> it isn't, it isn't. Like, I, I want to make the point that two things really helped. One, I had a lot of those skills in place. Like, I marketed my own business, so I've actually did direct, like, response marketing for years. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was just getting into it. And I actually, and this, I, I hate to promote courses, but if you follow the courses you buy step-by-step, step, you'll actually... Get results. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, You're going to mess yeah. up all the time, and then you mess up, you learn, you go forward. And yeah. ZTL, I just used the principles in that to create a copywriting business and it just took off. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would work for necessarily other things. Like if you're a content writer instead of a content marketer, or if you're a virtual assistant, like you are limited in the amount of money that you can make. So it means yeah. you have to work more. And the more you have to work, the less opportunity you have to get work. So you kind of get stuck in the spiral. Yeah. As a copywriter, you can charge per project. You can take on multiple projects. It's different. Yeah. So like it's easier to make six figures doing certain things than other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with, it seems like there's kind of the, the school of thought where it's all about, um, delegating or creating things that are kind of evergreen and can just like churn out money or whatever. That's kind of the dream, like having that constant passive income. And then there's also the things where like, you know, the typical kind of freelancer that you think about where they are selling a service for money, but there's only so many hours in the day. So you are kind of limited in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I teach a lot of people at my blog, how to, focus yourself away from charging per hour and start charging per project, which right. I feel anybody needs to do. You don't have to be a freelancer. You can be a mm-hmm. business, a service provider, a consultant, yeah. whatever. That, that's really the only path forward. But mm-hmm. one thing that was interesting was I 
made the leap online because I, so I saw the ZTL launch a year before when I was on tour, but it was like the second year that I was booked full. It's the second year I made up more than a hundred K performing. And I was like, this is crazy. I want to do this, but I'm not going to step away from this career that I finally got where I wanted. I'm so excited. And the next year I was on a 60 city tour. Whoa. Yeah. I would do, I usually, I would do two big long tours of like 60 to a hundred days. And then the rest of the year I would just do weekends because yeah. those were the really busy seasons. Yeah. And I got sick on day like 28 and mm-hmm. I was just, I was awful. I had the flu. I was throwing up everywhere. And so I had a buddy of mine who was a doctor and like, this is really illegal. So I can't get his <laughs> name. He would call ahead to the cities I'd be in and he knew doctors in those cities and says, this guy's going to show up, give him these shots. And they allow me to keep going for the day. So I got like a yeah. special type of niacin, a special type of B12, a type of steroid. And I'm like deathly ill this whole time. Yeah. I'm bottoming in the car to the show. And then I would take this injection right before the show and I'd be able to do the show. Wow. And then I'd drive three or four hours to the next hotel, crash for the night. And I did this. And the whole time I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't no. have a family. I can't have a wife. I can't have kids if I'm going to live like this. And so that's why I decided to make that transition away from performing. Yeah, no, definitely. Isn't that funny? Because most people like their goal in life is to be, you know, I know it's lots of people's dreams to be like that musician, that actress, that performer and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I think lots of people don't realize that how harsh it can be on your life and your body. Mm -hmm. Like when I think, you know, lots of people think, oh, I'd love to be a celebrity or Rihanna or whatever. I'm like, hell no. She's got a heart. She like, yeah, she gets paid a lot of money. She's famous. She gets, you know, she's very privileged, but she probably Mm -hmm. has a really tough life. Like I couldn't work on a schedule like she does. Or I just, just what comes to mind is, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's on Netflix. Lady Gaga has a documentary about, and it's a little glimpse into her life. It's really interesting to see. And I'm like, wow, that looks awesome awful. I would never Mm -hmm. like that life. She's just, you know, scheduled. Everything is scheduled. She would be getting Mm -hmm. her makeup done while she's getting shots at the doctor because she has to go on stage, just kind of like your situation. I'm like, that just sounds Mm -hmm. terrible. So I totally get where you're coming from. It was nice probably for, you know, part of your life, but yeah, it's not really sustainable if you do want to have a different lifestyle where it's a little bit more settled, you have more time, you can have a family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It gets really hard after a while when you're trying to build a professional business and have a professional life outside of it. And it just, it just yeah. doesn't work. At a certain yeah. point, the things don't line up. Yeah, exactly. So how did you, I guess, yeah, make that transition? Um, you know, I guess you took the course and everything like that, but um, was it like you said that you had kind of success within, you know, a very short period of time? Uh, like, what, I would love to know, like, what did that block of time look like? What did you really do? And how did it, you know, kind of ended up working out for you? Well, I want, I'll make a couple points. First off, it definitely wasn't a short period of time. Like 14 no. months, it was work, right? right? Now, a lot of people probably couldn't do what I did in 14 months, but a lot of people couldn't bring the skills I have. Like I said right. before, I was already skilled. Yeah, you weren't starting from ground zero. You know, I was starting, I'd say, at like 50%. And mm-hmm. then that course gave me an accelerator. So I wasn't just starting at halfway. I was starting with somebody's help, which is really important. Like, and that's what I go back to all the time. It's like, if you really want to get the next step, you got to get somebody help. You got to yeah. get the right language. You got to yeah. get that. But I was able to do it. So like, what I do was I'd start the morning and I'd devote three and a half to four hours every morning to my online business. And right. at first it wasn't the same. Like every week was different. Some weeks I was writing, some weeks I was researching, some weeks I was learning, some weeks I was marketing. It was going to be different every week. So there's no like set schedule I can give you. And then, of course, I would do my marketing for my entertainment business, and then I would go do shows because I would either have to travel to shows, set up at the hotel, go do the show that night. And then I'd come home, 
I would handle real quick client calls. So I actually started on Upwork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. People, yeah. And when I started, it wasn't Upwork. I think it was, I forget if I was on Elance or Odesk. I think yeah. it was on Odesk, but yeah. they got merged. And then they merged. And while I was doing that at night, I would do my proposals because where I was in the country, that would be the most responsive time to people posting jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, an hour or so before bed, I'd fire off three or four proposals. And in the morning, I'd get up and I'd start it all over again. Now, the first thing I did every morning was review the proposals I wrote the night before. And this mm-hmm. is a huge tip. When I reviewed the proposals, I was like more clear headed. I could see, okay, I did this wrong. I wasn't clear here. I should have used this testimonial. Mm-hmm. And I just kept editing. And eventually, in the course of a couple weeks, I went from getting like a couple responses every now and then to getting responses on just about every other proposal I was sending. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And it was funny. It's like people crap on job boards. They hate job boards. But job boards are a great place to start. And now, I've I, I moved off job boards a lot simply because the type of work I do right now isn't on job boards. Yeah. But I keep about 20 to 30% of my company on there just for transparency in my blog so people can see that I'm actually doing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with people like, you're a hypnotist. I'm like, yeah, I just hype my name into YouTube. I'll be everywhere. <laughs> so they can go on my Upwork account and they can see that I am booking gigs and I am getting testimonials that I got a project roll up there. Because yeah. I think one of the biggest issues we face, people like us, is not having transparency online, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that creates a level of transparency. So if my people are like, oh, you're just saying that, I can say, no, look, like I can even screenshot entire proposals I've written that you can review them with people. It's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's a, a big point is the transparency. I try my best to be transparent. I'm sure there's definitely some things I could do, some tips that you might have to help me out. But no, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, with job boards, a lot of people, and myself included, which is kind of a, a terrible preconceived notion, but they kind of may think of them as a way that, yeah, you can get work, but everyone is kind of undercutting each other, so you're never mm-hmm. going to get paid your worth. And it's tr- it, it can be true. Um, I've actually used Upwork to find uh, my current web developer, actually. Yeah. And so we did one project together, and then we got off Upwork because I'm like, well, we don't need to use the platform. I like mm-hmm. you. You know, we we could just work together and it's worked out for him. He's made a pretty penny off me, I'm sure. And I'm just one client and we've been working together for over a year now. So that's just like one kind of example. And yeah, especially when you're just starting out, where else are you going to start? Right. You have yeah. to, if you really don't, you know, know where to go, might as well. So I want to make a point real quick, because that's another yeah. thing people bring up all the time with job boards is, oh, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to yeah. find jobs. If you look at my profile right now, I haven't booked a client for under Mm $2,000. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I can't tell you the names of certain clients because Mm -hmm. they're under NDA, but I am currently writing copy for one of the largest energy providers for the Saudi Arabian kingdom. Oh, I just finished a marketing project for the very first FDA-approved mimic fasting diet. I am getting hired by the number one sales uh, speaker for building materials and sales. So there are huge jobs on these job boards. So So it's not just like, that's interesting. Maybe things have just like evolved since like, I remember, you know, well, it's the language stuff that you like, that, eh? like, like the better you get at looking for your specific type of work, the more, and I talk about this a lot, both on my authorship and my blog, but also in the summit is you have to find the right social cues. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the more you're going to begin to identify the right social cues. Because what people look for and the type of language they use is different at every level. And that's something people experience as they scale up. Like when I started, I was charging 35 bucks an hour. Now yeah. I charge 125 bucks an hour starting January 1st. I'm going to charge $495 an hour. And I'm able to do these things because I move up the social cues. Because I know what people look for at $125 an hour, what I need to look for is really different than what I was looking for at $35 an hour. Right. And they're really close, but they're just far enough apart that you can fly right between them and not get any work if you're not editing yourself. Okay. Now, what, do you want to kind of go into more depth about what exactly do you mean by social cues? So when you go to look for a job, and this is a really yeah. interesting point. A lot of people have a hard time understanding this, but this is really important. As you move up and you start identifying the people that you can help the most, yeah. you will send a lot less proposals every day. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is there are going to be a lot of people that you're not right for. That's mm-hmm. okay. So how do you find the people that you're right for? There's a couple things that I can give examples of in my community, but the mm-hmm. social cues will be different for every type of service. Right. So as a copywriter and marketer, I look for things that identify people who have already done something. I don't want to be the first people, first person people work with. I'm very expensive. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of people want unrealistic results because they don't understand that this is an investment over the course of a couple of years and not right. something they're going to plug and play and be rich the next week. Right. And so if people who are already done it, they have data, they understand the changes, they understand how it works. So when I come to them and say, you know, we're going to spend two months, we'll adjust your KPIs. We're going to be able to look at your marketing and your ads and your keywords, and we'll be able to increase conversion probably 0.3 to 2%, which should be this amount of sales based off your existing numbers. And if I've read the social cues right, they're going to go, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, how can you tell if it's the right social cues? Well, like I said, the first thing is, for me, they've already done a project. They've done a launch. They've done a sale. They run a store. They, they, they have experience. I'm not teaching somebody. And that's an important aspect for my businesses. I never want to have to teach somebody from the beginning. Yeah. I don't mind sharing new methods, but if yeah. I have to teach them, then I have to qualify my value at every level. Whereupon somebody who's already done it understands the value I bring and doesn't mind paying for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another social cue is, they speak to exactly what they want. And this is big. Like if you ever get to a job post and it's promising you either, you know, this is going to lead to more work or, you know, we're going to scale up really big. This is just a test. These people don't know what they're talking about. Real companies that need real help know exactly what they want. And they know that they don't always waste their time. Yeah. Their time is more valuable than their money. And so they're not going to do things that take away from the value of their time. Mm-hmm. So if a client isn't clear on what they want or they're not concise, you know they're not right for you. They're yeah. just, they're, they're kicking tires to get an idea and you don't yeah. want to be a tire that they kick because yeah. it's wasting your time. Those are usually the main social cues I look for in my market, yeah. but it can be different market to market. No, and you bring up some really good points just about, uh, and it's it's hard as, especially if you're a new freelancer um, and I, you know, I mean, have navigated this myself and same with my husband who's been a freelancer mm-hmm. for 10 years now. Uh knowing yeah who is the right client for you sometimes they're not and it's hard because you're like am i saying no to money i need to get paid uh and also just you know yeah really kind of protecting your business and or Mm -hmm. your brand if that's you know part of your business and it's 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 hard because yeah you don't want to feel like a dummy and say no to money but sometimes uh, saying no could lead to a yes that's actually more valuable in the end um but i want to shift gears a little bit 
Okay. can talk about a little bit more because you talk um, more on your website and your blog about kind of the psychology of things, which I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you kind of talked about a little bit about why you got into freelancing. But what, what, like now you've been doing it for a while. What does it really mean to you? How has it kind of shifted your life? Um, I know kind of you talk about funding your freedom, which I think is really cool. So I think freedom and probably, you know, a little bit of financial freedom is linked to you know, working for yourself. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. So I'll hit it on two scales. First, I'll explain what it means to me and then to why I use it to fund my freedom and what that means for me. Yeah. So uh, freelancing has given me the freedom to live the life I want with another person. Somebody's mm-hmm. important to me. I finally have somebody in my life that I'm probably going to marry and then I'm going to go to the next stage with. It's so funny. Like when Yay! I say that, with, like, girls, they're like excited. And guys they're like, are like yeah, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Does you, she right? know? <laughs> Just kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. See, you're like, like after you beer, she's like, I like this guy. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, before when I when I ran these physical businesses like a brick and mortar or entertainment company, you can't be a good husband if you're not there. Yeah, you got to be present for sure. Yeah, you can't be a good father if you can't do things with your children. And I realized that was the next step in my life. And freelancing has given me the opportunity to move into that. Mm-hmm. Now, will it always be perfect? No, there's going to be times where I'm going to be pulling 12-hour days, day after day for weeks yeah. at a time because of projects. But the overall impact, what I'll be able to do through the course of the entire year and the choices that we can make because of that, that's what freelancing has afforded me. And on the other end too, like I have a lot of personal goals. Like uh, my mom got sick when I was in high school and she died and my dad did everything he could to take care of me and my family. And so as a thank you for the last couple of years, every year I take my dad out of the country because he's never been able to go. So this last uh, couple months ago, we went to Iceland. The year before that, we went to Rome. Next year, I think we're going to go to Prague, you know, so that it is afforded me the ability to not only do that, but to do it at a level he's comfortable with. So I can pay for like nicer private tours. I can get us in nicer parts of town. I don't have to take him essentially like a nomad backpack, right? Yeah. Where Potts does, you know? It's yeah. the same thing with my partner. My partner has ran all these businesses her whole life and never had the freedom to travel because her people she's been with don't have money. And so we go to South America every year. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I'm like, you know, book it. You know, if it's going to be above this expense for a single thing, make sure to consult me. Otherwise, just let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it's given me the ability to have all these rich and amazing experiences. And that's why I love freelancing. It affords me the freedom to do what I want. So mm-hmm. how do you fund your freedom? What does that mean yeah. to me? So I had to identify the absolute minimum amount of money I could get by yeah. and what I would expect. And now when I say get by, I mean survive live the life I want. Yeah, not survive, yeah. but like live the life that I want, right? Because mm-hmm. anybody can survive. You can right. go get a job and eat beans and survive. Yeah, that's it, true. It that's true. Flying, but what could I want? So I was like, okay, if I could only travel one time a year and it wasn't even out of country and I had to do it by road trip and I'd be able to make investments. So when I'm 65, I'd have a Roth IRA, yeah. a Roth IRA. And I don't know if a lot of your people are Canadian. No, there's Americans right? and Canadians. Everybody, everybody. Okay, so, so they'll know what Roth IRA is. Then. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. You know, so I would have the freedom to do these things. I would never have to make a decision because it's like, if I do this, I can't have this, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started figuring out like, okay, now how can I make that every, how can I secure that? And then once I secure that, what can I do to double it, triple it? And so that's how I started funding the freedom that I wanted to live my life. And I took it step by step. But one thing I want to go back to real quick was yeah. you talked about how 
you know, it's scary to do these things and you want to say yes to every opportunity. And that's why it took 14 months to transition from a full-time entertainer to freelancing was it gave me the ability to say no to everybody that didn't increase the value of who I was. Mm. So I wasn't taking gigs to have gigs. And another thing was for the last 12 weeks, I've been launching this summit and I've been doing the interviews. I didn't take a single gig because I increased my price and what I offered and I only took bigger projects. So for the last three months, I haven't been working. Mm, I've wow. been pitching and I've been yeah. talking to clients, but I haven't been getting work. And I just yeah. started getting work about a week and a half ago. Yeah. But because of how I built my life and my systems and everything I put in place, that didn't scare me. Yeah, you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm so curious uh, what your budget looks like. Like, how do you, because let's get into the money talk, because this is actually really, really interesting. And I think a lot of people want to know kind of what the back end looks like. Um, It sounds like you do have a pretty solid financial plan in that you're like, I want enough to live the life I want. I Uh also want to make sure that I have enough money so I can invest, so I can retire at 65. Um, You know, one question I have, and this actually came up to uh, at an event that I was at recently uh, that was it was uh it was about personal finance but also there was a lot of um small businesses and entrepreneurs in the audience and uh at the uh, event uh, me and my husband were talking to one of the other speakers on the panel with me who's a financial planner and he had some questions about like how you know we have a certain way of budgeting but uh she was also a small business owner and she really talked about the importance of separating your personal finances from your business finances they should Mm -hmm. never kind of be together because it gets confusing you really want to have like your business money and your personal money is that sort of something that you do or what does your budget look like exactly okay so i can't actually separate personal money from Mm. business money simply because like my business is my personal endeavor yeah i know that's the hard thing too i'm like I feel like it's the same, but I kind of get that strategy as well. Now, what I try to do is I try to project every year, like what I want to do to either invest in myself or equipment. So like next year, I've got $4,000 set aside for ongoing education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have, I'm probably next year going to have to spend $2,000 to just update like my Mac, get better desktop, small things like that. But what I do is I sit down every quarter and I go, okay. You know, what do we make? What do we expect to make? Uh, you know, like last quarter, I knew I was going to make this leak. So I said, okay, I'm probably not going to make any money next quarter. So mm-hmm. let's look at my finances. Okay, I have this much setback. I should be safe. If I don't hit that mark, no big deal because I can just drop back down to the original level and get clients right away. I got yeah. streamlines yeah. and start. So my budget. The way I set my budget is I figure out my minimum cost every month. So those are my bills. Uh, those are my rent. That's everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it just changed too, because my partner, we finished building our house and by we, she built the house and I just moved in. Whoa. She built yeah. her house. Yeah. So she owns an old school house and which is a business incubator. And ah. she took one of the classrooms, tore it all out and built us a house in there. And cool. Yeah, she's super, she's so much cooler than yeah, me. Yeah, she is such a badass. <laughs> yeah. And actually, we just I want to tell you, we just hung a moose, actually, a couple of days ago. And we were going to hang it a month ago, but we had to go get six-inch screws because it's 450 pounds. Oh, my God. And they were the only thing that would set it into the wall far enough that it wouldn't pop out. Because oh actually, if you, if you research it online, you can find stories of people getting killed because but... their knees fall off the wall. <laughs> like... I'm not making that up. That's no, real. No, that's that terrible. It <laughs> is true. But so, you know, we were moving yeah. in, and so she owns the whole building, and yeah. she paid for everything outright. And I told her, I was like, look, you need to figure out how much rent you're going to want from me every yeah. month. She's like, oh, that's not fair. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, if we rented a place together or bought a house together, this would be completely normal. Yeah. Just because you own this outright doesn't make me not fiscally responsible. Yeah, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. And so we did that. We created a grocery budget, and then I added that into my monthly bills. Now, I have three college degrees, but I didn't pay for any of them. I got scholarships for everything. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, tell it to my dad who's <laughs> upset that I have three college degrees, none of which I use. Oh, please. That's everybody my age. Everybody <laughs> has a degree they don't use. I have a film degree. Please. Oh, God. But I have a degree. You should be happy friends. that you didn't get into debt because of them. That's amazing. That's yeah. a miracle. Well, you know, it's funny getting to the money issue thing and kind of balancing budgets and everything. So my brother never went to college. He's a waiter at a nice restaurant in our town. He's married, has a kid, him and his wife have a house. They only owe $20,000 on it. They have both their cars paid off and they have no them. debt otherwise. Good for them. Both, yeah, they both save money. Then they're probably, I mean, together, they'll probably never make more than seventy or $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. My sister and her husband, between the two of them, have probably seven hundred to $800,000 in debt. Wow. But my sister's got a doctorate, and he mm-hmm. has a full-scale technical degree. They have two nice cars, and they just bought a house at their remodel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and my brother got really freaked out. He's like, you know, I'm never going to really be able to meet at their level, and I just, I don't know what to do, and I laughed. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, it's hard for you to grasp this, but you're worth more than them. Yeah, his net worth is actually more than them. <laughs> but yeah, and I told him, I go, you know, they're going to pay out in the next 20 years more than you can even imagine before yeah. they even pay down what they owe. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, because he sees the stuff, but he doesn't understand that the stuff isn't theirs. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's just like the biggest problem basically in the world with people. They think that people with the stuff have the money, but actually most of them don't actually own the stuff. They're renting it. They're paying it down on their credit card. Uh Uh-uh. So I'm in an interesting position. I've done a lot of political consulting for my area Mm -hmm. and my buddy will probably become the governor of our state in the Mm -hmm. next 15 years. And so he's going to hire me on his strategist and I've always had to help him because he's actually very rich. He's worth yeah. a lot of money, like enough mm-hmm. money to make you physically ill. Kind of, <laughs> And he's always been so upset when he sees people. Like he drives a pretty moderate car and he sees all these guys in Mercedes yeah. and yachts. And he's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe they have that. I don't have one. And I'm like, buddy, if you got $600 for a down payment, any car dealership will be happy to hand debt over yeah, to you. Exactly. You know, you've no idea. Like, that is not a social signal. That is just somebody dumb. Somebody yeah. who thought it was a good idea. They should have spent 400 bucks, rented it for a day, enjoyed it, and then went back to their car. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's just a car. Mm-hmm. It is just a car. They'll get you know, you actually, hit point what's a, funny point is B. what helped me get really online with my finances yeah. is. I, man, I hate to admit to this, but a long time ago, do you remember LimeWire? Yeah. I rem- oh, yes, I do. We're legally downloading some music. Oh, geez. Those were days. There's a lot of people on here that don't have a clue what that is. I know. It just dates us, but whatever. Those were like the uh, Napster the days, days and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I downloaded a marketing promotional tapes from Tony Robbins. Yes. Yes, and you did. two of the tapes, he had talked about the idea of like, don't confuse being able to do stuff with the need to have money. And he, and it was a really interesting idea. He's like, you know, this guy came up, he's like, well, I want to buy a jet and show that I have value and blah, blah, blah. He's like, why do you want a jet really? He's like, well, because yeah. they make it easier to travel. I don't like traveling. He's like, well, how often a year do you travel? He's like, well, I travel about seven times a year. He's like, okay, so for you to get a Cessna, it costs you a million dollars. To house it for the year, it's going to cost you $40,000. To pay somebody to fly it, and if I, he's like, so you're looking at probably... 
half a million a year for a couple of years, plus another X million for this. He's like, or seven times a year, you rent a private plane, it'll cost you $15,000 a time. You get the same experience and you can do that indefinitely for 15 years yeah. and still meet the same cost of buying it. And exactly. you have all the money. Exactly. And when I realized how to think like that, I was like, okay, money is very powerful. I'm actually reading, mm-hmm. I got a galley copy of Dan O'Reilly's new book on money that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And he has this really interesting concept. I think you'll love it. It's called, yeah. I'm I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but I think it's called a figuation. Okay. So the premise is you value money incorrectly because you value money what you compare it to percentage-wise instead of what it physically is. So yeah. the example is, let's say you go to the store to buy an $80 pair of shoes. And while you're at the store, the person goes, hey, if you walk five minutes down the street, you can get the same pair of shoes for 50% off. You're going to go get the 50% off shoes, right? Yep. Because you save 40 bucks. Yeah, why wouldn't now, you? Now, flip the situation. You go to a furniture store, mm-hmm. and the furniture one is $1,040. The checkout person goes, hey, if you go five minutes down the road, you're going to save 40 bucks. You get the same deal for $1,000. You're not going to go. Yeah, because you're like you're 40 bucks. You're like 40 bucks with such cares. When in reality, it's the same money. It's because yeah. you're comparing it to percentages. And that yeah. psychology is what affects us, both our finances and how we charge people. In the yeah. summit, I talked to Hillary Weiss, and she has this amazing quote. She goes, you should never charge what you can afford because you'll never charge enough. Yes, I know. And that's actually something that I've had to work on. It's not, yeah. don't charge how much I'd be comfortable with. Charge yeah. a little bit more than that. <laughs> because, yeah, I feel, and I always think that maybe it was like a woman thing that we always kind of uh, mm-hmm. undersell ourselves because we're just like not good at like promoting ourselves or, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. just like, but that's just like a bigger issue too. But I, I absolutely agree. And yeah, I, I like that. I like that idea. I've never heard of it kind of talked about that way about their percentage thing. Cause you know, I'll, you know, walk by a store. If there's some, something I need and it's like 10% off or whatever, I'll be like, eh, but if it's 50% off, Ooh, but it's yeah. like, but it's still like 10% off. I mean, still though, I am one of those people that if I have to go to the grocery store and I have a list of things, I don't really care about the brands. I care about what's on sale and I'll only get the things on sale, oh. but, but still sometimes, and sometimes that's good because you can save money, but sometimes, uh, what's also important that I've started to do. And my husband actually is the one who told me how to do this is literally just like, if it's like food especially look at um the cost per like gram or whatever like Mm -hmm. that um because sometimes the price will actually not be completely accurate yeah you know so yeah oh that's a whole that's a whole other conversation about groceries that i want to get into (laughs) so yeah yeah i'm not i'm not crapping on your system but i was a food writer for two years in my city so yeah yeah and one of my favorite quotes from tools of titans and i can't remember the guy that said Mm -hmm. it but he says Wine isn't a luxury, it's a grocery. Uh, But I like that idea that you are valuing things based on the experience. Because reality, you might save 25 or 30 bucks for a set of groceries every other week, but the experience drops so much that I feel that the $500 you save at the end of the year doesn't match up to the experience. Because if you're enjoying eating in more, you're going to save more money by eating in more. So yeah, you might spend a little more on groceries, but you'll save so much not going out. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, there's yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> okay, so, so but, back on finances. Yes. Back, on finances, back yeah. to the finances. Uh, okay, okay. So we kind of talked about. It. So it seems like you kind of do. Yeah, a system. Totally get it. You kind of uh, 
you know, figure out what your expenses are. It sounds like you're kind of doing the pay it yourself first where you kind of categorize, mm-hmm. you know, what you have to save up for. So there's no surprises. You clearly have an emergency fund for when things mm-hmm. go wrong uh, and you're investing for your future, which is awesome. Yeah. I would, Actually, I guess, have a two-level yeah. emergency fund. I love that. How is that structured so exactly? I wanted a two-level emergency fund because I wanted money that I could get to if I absolutely needed yeah. it. And then I wanted a type of income I could get to that would require effort to get in mm-hmm. case this first level didn't work. So I have a cash balance Ooh. and then I have gold and silver. Oh, wow. And I wouldn't sit, now here's the thing. I'm not yeah. pitching gold and silver. Don't buy yeah. gold and silver because honestly, it's a bad valuation. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. For me, since I'm in coin and gold shop, I get it at cost. So it made sense for so me. So it made sense, yeah. The reason I did it was if I absolutely need that money, I will go get it. I will exchange it at a melter. I'll get the check and I'll deposit the check. I'll do the mm-hmm. labor. Yeah. But if I absolutely don't need it, it's too much work to justify it. Yeah. So I've created just enough of a psychological barrier that if I do need it, I can overcome it, but I'm not just falling back on it because it's easy. Mm, that's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, I want to shift a little bit more because you mentioned briefly the summit and yeah. uh, we're getting to almost time. So I definitely want to talk about the summit. It is coming up. I am so excited for it because I'm part of yeah. it, <laughs> but it's also be because it's awesome. Uh, what What is the summit? How did you get the idea to start it? And what should people know about it? So the summit is the Freelancer Success Summit. You can find it at freelancersuccesssummit.com and it's One thing, it's going to teach you how to get started in the conversation economy. So my entire thing is, whether it's on my blog or if you're talking with me, if you're one of my coaching students, I don't believe we're in a gig economy. Mm -hmm. I believe we are in a conversation economy. Mm -hmm. I believe that people that learn to master, start, and hold the best conversations are going to attract the most premium clients. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. We don't live in a transactional nature anymore. The world has moved on. And it's moved into the level of conversation. So I wanted to create a summit that brought together people who are freelancing at all different scales to show people who want to get started or people that are ready to go to the next level the soft skills they need to master to get hard results. And that's really important because earlier we were talking about social cues. That's massive. Mm-hmm. You could spend hours every day sending hundreds of proposals out and never get a response or get all the wrong responses simply because you did not know the right things to look for. Yeah. So if you start identifying the right things using the systems we teach in the summit, you're sending less proposals, you're booking more work, and you have more time. Mm-hmm. And the entire summit focuses around that type of thinking where you're learning skills like that. One thing that I love, like we just talked about with Hillier Weiss, we learned a great mindset. You know, you're going to learn how to price yourself properly. You're going to learn the difference between thought leadership and branding. You're going to learn, if you're a beginner, how to write proposals that get you booked. If you're intermediate and you want to start adding more money to your bottom line, you're going to learn how to go from per hour to per project. You're going to learn how to 2x, 3x, 4x your rates, and you're going to learn the exact steps you need to take to not only do it, but to do it and keep getting booked too. Mm-hmm. Or if you're making money, you know, if you're like where you're at, where you're probably making five figures, you're doing really well, but you want to go to six figures and you want to go to a secure six figures. So it's yeah. not six figures maybe every year. Yeah. We have all different places where you can go and create referral system, create endless streams, create backends where you're getting paid for gigs that you didn't do by farming them out to other freelancers. There's a lot of different systems in there and there's stuff at every level, but it goes back to the idea of mastering the art of how you hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, 
I like how you put that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I totally like now that you said it. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. And that's one thing that I've loved about the summit. And like, I, so every single speaker in the summit, we had a question list for, and you got it too. But almost nobody stayed on the list because once you start talking, like you've internalized so many things as you become successful that you don't realize you didn't know it before you started. Yeah. And so when we talk about it and I'm like, stop, 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 get into that. And I like clarify yeah. for people. And if you're listening to this, you think about it, this is the most valuable thing on the summit is that you get a peek inside the internalized systems that actually get people results. And this yeah. is huge because unless you can read all the blog posts you want, you can watch all the videos you want until somebody's being asked questions to force something out of them that they don't even realize they've internalized. You're not getting it. You're always getting 5% less. It's like making a recipe where it never turns out exactly right. You don't know why it's because, Oh, you didn't realize you need to bring the meat to room temperature before you cooked it that wasn't in the cookbook the cook assumed you knew that but you didn't and it's creating this massive difference and that's the type of stuff those are the type of details in the summit they're going to make you get big results you can tell i'm like really pumped about it yeah you're a passionate guy (laughs) so awesome so that's it's happening december 1st and it'll be live Mm -hmm. or available for two weeks is that how it works yeah, so we're going to launch for two weeks. We have two weeks starting on December 1st to go in and get early bird access. So yeah. you guys just go have a link for you. You go in and you can lock in early bird access. Now, here's the cool thing. You don't got the money. Guess what? You can attend it for free. For one week, you can see every talk. Now, you can only see the talks on their schedule. So yeah, if you miss right. it, you can't go back and get it. You'll have to buy access. But if you can set aside time to just see the people you're interested in and you don't yeah. have the energy or income to invest it's there for you. I've got that set up so I can meet your needs. If you're the type of person that wants to go to the next level and is ready to make that investment, which is a very small investment, you can go and you can purchase access for an entire year. Hmm. And one thing that I'm doing that's really cool is I have an upsell where if you join the course for a hundred bucks, you can actually have me personally review three of your proposals and give you targeted feedback on what you're doing wrong and how to get booked rewriting them. Ooh, that's valuable. And yeah, actually, and like, it me. actually really is. <laughs> yeah, and I say that every, and I, I make this point, like, when I started years ago, I was having such a hard time getting it to work and getting my proposals yeah. noticed. I paid Danny Morgiles to yeah. review my stuff, and the next week, I booked a $6,000 gig as the most expensive and least qualified freelancer because they were the best proposal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, yeah. I don't have exactly that story, but, like, I did uh, a few years back when I was uh, still working uh, my nine to five in the corporate world, but I was looking for another job. Yeah. I literally sent out hundreds of resumes and cover letters and I still wasn't getting any good leads. I'm like, what is going on? I'm totally overqualified or if not like completely qualified for these jobs. Uh, I am a huge fan of uh, Allison Green from Ask a Manager. She yeah. is amazing. And she great did writer. this great writer. Great advice. And uh, she just like knows exactly, like, especially when you're working uh, the corporate world. And so she had this thing where she's like, hey, I'm doing this for a limited time. Uh, I'll look over your resume. And it was a, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks or a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or something like that. Totally worth it. So bought it, did it. And literally, yeah, changed everything. Like she had some really great tips and I used them and I, I had a way better, like, I, well, I got a better job after that. That like right. literally increased my income by like 20 grand. So <laughs> Isn't that crazy thing? And like so many people have a hard time paying that 300 bucks. Yeah. Oh my God, 300 bucks. He's just going to send me some tips. It's like, if you make 20 extra grand, what do you care? Yeah. It's like, if it actually like does get you the results that hopefully it will, because yeah. most, and I think that's the thing too. It's like, I like bringing people on the show that, you know, work in the online space that have like, do have the, you know, evidence mm-hmm. to back it up. I don't want to, you know, like, yeah. yeah, it can actually really, really change the game for you. So 
Cool. I'm excited for this summit, man. I'm excited I'm so to be part. So well, I'm excited to be part of it. Excited yeah. to watch all the other interviews of other all, all the other uh, participants. That'll be super exciting. Can we talk about your interview for like two minutes, real quick? Yes. So you did this amazing interview, and I brought you on because so we met through Steph O'Connell, and I met Steph O'Connell yes. because she's doing ZTL. Yeah. And. I think you kind of helped me get Steph to be a speaker on the summit too, which is oh, super did it? Oh, cool. Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She was great. Super cool. And we're actually both entertainers. I guest posted for her before about entertainment. Yes. Life. Cool lady. Uh, anyway, I got you on because you had just transitioned. You, this, the, yep. you were right at your yep. first year freelancing full-time. I was like, this is awesome because like it, everybody wants to do it. And like, you just had the freshest perspective. Like really did. People out there, they're like, whatever, we've been doing it for years. What do you want to know? And then you're like, well, you know, I had to do this, this, and this. Like, oh my God, this is perfect because most people don't remember that experience. So you gave like a play by play of what to actually expect, how to do it, what you put in place before you do it. So like, it was really important. It was really powerful. There's going to be a lot of people. I got it situated in the second module. People are going to love it because it's the information they're looking for that they can't find because people don't really yeah and it's true it's like i don't really know well i number one i didn't know what to expect before i did it so uh yeah if anyone is ever thinking of this yeah i think they'll like my thing because it's it goes yeah in depth and i feel like i hadn't have that i haven't had that opportunity to really talk about those things in depth and you're very good at like getting it you're like wait a minute stop let's talk about that i loved how you did that because yeah i think there's definitely some moments like oh i never thought about that whoa getting deep And you're like, I'm so much smarter than I realized. Who knew? Yeah, right. I know. Who knew? Oh my gosh. Well, Jesse, it was a pleasure chatting with you as always. Excited Thank for the so summit. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. And uh, hopefully I'll have you on the show again because uh, yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. cool. Well, hey, thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. And that was episode 134 of the Mo Money Podcast with Jesse Jernigan. Of course, make sure to check him out at livegoldrich.com. And like we mentioned, he is doing a uh, summit, a virtual summit called the Freelancer Success Summit. Uh, I will include more details on how you can access a free ticket in the show notes. But if you want to just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash freelancer success summit, you will be able to... Uh, you know, get directed right to the page and uh, find out how to get a free ticket. Um, 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 a few more things I want to mention before I let you go. But before that, I've got a few words about this episode's sponsor. A big thank you to Credit Card Genius for supporting the Mo Money podcast. If you're not aware, they are the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards by using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. If you want to find the best credit card for you, make sure to check out creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. All right. So we are down to the wire. We only have two more episodes in season five in 2017. Next week, I've got an episode with Michelle Jackson from Michelle's Money Hungry. Uh, also a very good friend of mine because she uh, picked me up from the train station when I was in Denver doing the crazy Money 2020 payments race. And uh, in case you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, because uh, I think I only mentioned that particular race in a few episodes, uh, I, I did this basically the amazing race for money nerds. Um, and I vlogged uh, my whole journey. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash YouTube. You should also check it out just because trying to build my YouTube, doing a lot more videos, putting a lot more energy into that. And uh, I, I, I've been told that I'm funny. I don't know. I don't know. I've been told I'm funny. Um, but I vlogged my whole journey. 
on this race. Basically, it had me traveling from alone from Toronto to Las Vegas with checkpoints in between. I went to Cincinnati, Denver, um, the Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, uh, a bunch of other places. It was, it was a long, it was a long seven days, seven days of my life in just panic survival mode, basically. And it was for this thing called the Money 2020 Payments Race. I was racing against, um, four other, three other people. Oh my gosh. It's, it, it was just like such a, it was it was a really uh, testing time, but super fun and awesome. But yeah, a crazy, crazy race. And uh, kind of the caveat was, uh, you know, we got challenges that we had to do. We had checkpoints we had to go at, but we also uh, had the restriction of only using one payment method. So someone had gold, someone had a contact list, someone had Bitcoin, someone had cash, but cash was like $1 bills. It was, yeah, hilarious. I had chip and pin credit card, which no one accepts in America. So it was a struggle. So you'll definitely want to check out some of those vlogs because uh, it was pretty uh, a pretty crazy adventure. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, I got two more episodes for you next week. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and Stitcher and wherever you're listening. Um, also, uh, for next week, I will be uh, my last episode, my solo episode. Uh, I will be revealing um, who all of the winners are for my contest that I've been running. And in case you have no idea what I'm talking about in terms of that, well, I've been running a contest this whole season. Super easy. Info is in the show notes, but you just have to basically leave me a review and then submit uh, your review to me So uh, and your contact details so I can contact you if you're the winner. And uh, yeah, it literally will take you two minutes and you may be able to win an Amazon gift card at the value of $25, which may come in handy because it's a holiday season. So yeah. Anyways, that's enough yabbering for me. I can go on for ages, can't I? Um, I'll see you back here next Wednesday. Yeah? Sound good? Okay. 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 This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.